This evening I'd like to talk about something that brings us great comfort. A lot of things happen in our lives and we maybe don't understand the whys and the wherefores and sometimes we see later and sometimes we don't. But we don't want to forget the fact that the Lord is in control. He's still on the throne. And several years ago, we taught a lesson on this, and, and uh, I think it was Walgreen had this commercial. And uh, it said, uh, in, in a land called perfect, nothing ever goes wrong in a land called perfect. I can't remember what all was in the commercial, but uh, anyway, everything was just perfect and perfect. Nothing ever went wrong in perfect. You think, well, wouldn't it be great to live in a land of perfect where nothing ever went wrong, where bad doesn't exist? Just where nothing ever went wrong. But, you know, actually we live in a land that is perfect. Now, it might not be perfect in my eyes and may not be perfect in your eyes. We look around at our, uh, the way people are, the, you know, the, uh, have all the crazies and the drugs and uh, different things like this. But uh, are not things perfect? Again, not, not in my eyes, not the way I would want it. But are not things perfect? Does bad really exist in perfect? Well, of course we can ask those questions, but we need to go to the scriptures for our answers. And I'll just, uh, Genesis says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So we go back to the beginning, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So, let me ask this. God saw everything that he made, and it was very good. Who made anything else? God, the creator, was there another creator? Who made anything else? And the answer is <laughs> nobody. God made all things, so all things he made was very good. Again, we may have, or I have uh, difficulty sometimes seeing this and understanding this. But the scripture says in John that all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So God made all things. It was very good. There wasn't anything made that was made that he didn't make. So he is the only creator. Uh, and I think of things, I think, when I think of hurricanes and storms, I, I think of Katrina, which is, what, about 18 years ago, I think, something like that, and what a terrible storm that was. And, and my agency brought, uh, I think it was 34 families up and got to know most of them. And, uh, but this was wind. This is all wind. And does not the Lord bring the wind out of his treasuries? 
So am I blaming God? No, I'm not blaming God for anything. Blame was to say that it would be something that would be wrong. Giving him honor and glory for all things. Uh, Book of Colossians, I will read that in chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We go there often talking about uh, the church. But Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible, invisible. So, see, we're not just talking about things that we see. This this covers everything. It says, and uh, for by him all things were created that are in heaven uh, and that are in the earth, visible, invisible, where they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So this covers everything. He made everything. And what did it say? Behold, it was very good. So then, wouldn't we be correct in stating that bad doesn't really exist in perfect? You say, well, what about Satan? Does Satan exist in perfect? Well, certainly Satan does exist. Is Satan bad? Now, I'm not going to say Satan's good. I am going to say Satan was a tool created by God. But again, who created Satan? Only one creator. And some might say, well, you know, God uh, didn't create the devil. He created, you know, this angel, and the angel fell and everything. Uh And we can say things like that to try to defend God, but he doesn't really need our defense. Would he create Satan? Would he create the devil? And I won't go there, but Proverbs 16, 4, The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. So that God even created the wicked for the day uh, of evil. So God made everything, and behold, it was very good. For his purpose, for his plan. I may not understand. Many times I do not understand. Uh, Let me read Isaiah 45. And this is a kind of controversial scripture. But Isaiah 45. And uh, verse 7. Very familiar. I haven't read this for a long time. But something we read often. And, uh, well, let's go back to verse 5, Isaiah 45 and 5, so we'll have no mistake what it's talking about and who it's talking about. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. So he's saying, he's going to tell some things about himself. And he said, don't mistake this with anybody else. I'm God, there's none like me. I'm going to give you, uh, tell you some, about some of my attributes, and these won't fit anybody else. I'm God, there is none else. And so we'll go ahead and uh, 
Well, verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. And then he says, I form the light. I create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So we say this and uh, you say, well, but doesn't this evil that's created, doesn't Satan, uh, doesn't he, he cause problems? As we would look at it, as I would look at it, yes, of course. But what does the scriptures, how does this fit in with the scriptures? Uh, I think it was last Sunday morning or Sunday night, we was back here discussing some things, and one of the brothers says, well, read that stone in front of the building when we come and go, and that stone is Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good. To them love God, to them they're called according to purpose. So all things are working together for good. Uh, we could look at Joseph's brethren. Cast him into a pit. Now, the act of casting him into a pit and everything certainly was evil. Because that's what uh, uh, the Lord said. He said, you meant for evil, when Joseph told his brother, he says, you meant for evil, but God meant for good. So, did it work together for good? And yes, through that, the whole nation of Israel was saved. So, as we look at, say, does bad exist, you know, in, in perfect if we look at the big picture, we look at the end results. Uh, we look at all kinds of things that happens in our lives. We think, well, surely that's bad. Well, let me, uh, let me give the little story that I've heard a long time ago. And, and uh, so it was a time when, uh, in history, when the warlords would come and just come in and and gather a bunch of people, and you're a part of the army and everything. So this uh, uh, farmer and his son and family, and his son was very valuable. He was a tractor, so to speak, or whatever, but he was the worker and everything. So, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself on the story. So what happened, their, their uh, horse got loose. And the horse was their tractor, actually. And, of course, the son was the worker, too. But the horse was the tractor, and the horse got loose. And their neighbors came. This was a very serious thing. and said, well, you know, we're really sorry that this bad thing happened to you that, and, and uh, that your horse got loose. We know how valuable it is. And the farmer says, well, how do you know it's bad? Well, later, then, that horse came back. This is, again, years ago. The horse came back and brought a whole... A uh, herd of horses back with it. So now the farmer had all these horses. And his neighbors came and said, well, we're really uh, happy that this good fortune happened to you. And he, he, the farmer said, well, how do you know it's good? And so, you know, they had their thoughts about the farmer. So then the, uh, the son, again, who was the work hand that helped him uh, uh, set the crops and have food for the winter and so forth. So he was breaking one of the horses and the horse flew him and the young man's leg was broke. So then here come his neighbors again. Well, we're really sorry that this happened to you. We know that's a very serious thing. Uh, you won't have help down there with thing. We're sorry this bad thing happened. 
And he says, well, how do you know it's bad? So then, kind of the end of this story. So then the warlords came through this town and this area and taking all the able-bodied men. And they went off to war and they were all killed, but they didn't take the young man because he had a broken leg. So we don't know. And I think it's, a, it's kind of a good story. We, we don't know, is this good, is this bad, as far as that goes. What we do know is what the Scripture says. Working together for good. Stone in front of the building. I remember when Brother Alston asked what we wanted on it, and, of course, I wasn't going to open my mouth, but, boy, I was thinking that would be the best thing on there, Romans 8.28, and that's what the church decided to have put on there. Uh, so then... All things working together for good. In the book of uh, uh, Daniel, chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4 talks about things in heaven and things on the earth. Uh, the Lord being in control. Daniel 4, and, and we'll just read the verse 35. And it says, all the inhabitants of the earth are repeated as nothing. He doeth according to his will, this he being God. He doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. We say, well, yeah, the Lord's will is coming to pass in heaven. Certainly it is. But this doesn't stop there, does it? He doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? So the Lord, and I, I've asked people this question, is the Lord's will coming to pass in heaven? And they'll say, Oh yes, absolutely. And then you read this scripture, but also on the earth. Whether I understand it, or you understand it or not, certainly his will is coming to pass. And, and let's go to the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. Uh, we uh, used to go to that quite often. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us something about uh, who's in control and, and so forth. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. To everything... There is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So everything, this doesn't leave anything out. Whether it be a small thing in your life, a big thing in your life, it doesn't leave anything out. We read about he made everything, principalities and powers, he made everything. So this says to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. So God has a purpose, or I should say purposes. And there is a time for that and a season. And verse 2 says, a time to be born and a time to die. You can't be born one second sooner or later than what the Lord had ordained, nor can you die one second before or one second after that the Lord had ordained. There's a time to be born and a time to die. 
A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather uh, stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. So it shows us a time for everything. For every purpose, there's a time and a season for everything. And then, if we look at verse 11, tells us who sets this time. Now, I have a day planner, and I set times and days and everything like that, uh, and I don't have the power to bring it to pass. <laughs> well, I don't have the power at all, but uh, sometimes it comes to pass, sometimes it doesn't, because I don't have the power. But he sets a season and a time for every purpose that he has. He has a purpose in everything. I, well, I'll mention this. Many years ago, uh, one of our nieces, she was here in the congregation. And I made the comment, there's no such thing as an accident. God's in control of all things. No such thing as an accident. And uh, we was, uh, it was... One, uh, I guess, wintry, dark night, and I was taking her to see her mom in the hospital. And up ahead, we saw all these flashing lights and everything. And she said, what's that? I said, well, it must be an, ac an accident. And she, Chuck, she straightened me up. She said, Uncle Ronnie, you said there's no such thing as an accident. And I said, well, you're right. The Lord's in control of all things. There is no such thing as an accident. So in verse 11, he, God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. He doesn't disqualify anything there. Everything's beautiful in his time. He has a time and a season and a purpose for everything. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. He has set the world in their heart. So no man uh, can find him out or find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And then in, let's jump down to verse 14. It says, I know. Do we know? It says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. So I pray that we know that. Now it may take my little niece to correct me sometimes. Uncle Ronnie, you know there's no such thing as an accident. But we know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. It can't be changed. I can't change it. You can't change it. Nobody can change it. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. Isaiah 46 and 10 says, He declareth the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that have not yet come to pass. Chuck, I can't, 
I can't fully, I believe that, but I can't, I can't fully take it all in. From the beginning, he declared the end. From ancient time, things are not yet done. So tomorrow's not done. Tomorrow hasn't come. But whatever will take place, he's already declared it. He has a time and a season and a purpose for it. So God created all. Me, you, devil, all the events in your lives and times for, for those events. It says God saw what he had made and it was very good. You say, well, but this stuff that comes in the future, you say, oh, I understand what he made was good. But what about stuff was going to be in the future? What about that? Maybe, maybe that wasn't going to be good. And I want to read this. Acts chapter 15 certainly answers that very well for us. Acts chapter 15. God said everything he made was good. He made all things. He said, well, but, but these things in the future, things are really getting bad in the world out there. And, and the politicians and so forth and everything. Acts 15 uh, and verse 18. Known unto God are, are all his works from the beginning of the age, the beginning of the world. So when God, he made everything in the beginning and says that it was very good, he knew all of his works. From the beginning, everything that was going to be created, he's the one that created it. So, what about the great fish that swallowed Jonah? Was that evil? Was that bad? It was one of God's creations. There was a time, and I, I like the way Brother Olson said it, when they threw... Uh, Jonah overboard, Austin said, I don't think he ever hit the water. That fish was there with his mouth open. I don't know about that. But it was there at a particular time in a particular place for a particular purpose in a particular season. And it was God. So nothing really ever goes wrong in perfect. God's in complete control. We may see Things that we say, oh, no, not that. But God has a time and a season and a purpose for it. And it works together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to purpose. You say, well, you know, but I have you know, real problems with things. And of course we do. Of course we do. Let's go to the book of James. It certainly tells us that we will. But is it bad? Uh, book of James, chapter, uh, the first chapter, and uh, James 1, 2, and 3, I'm not sure if that was something else I was looking for, we'll do this one as well though. Uh, James uh, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. 
my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or temptations, knowing this, that the testing of your faith worketh patience. So patience is, patience is, uh, is, is faith. Patience is really faith and trusting in God. And it says these trials and tribulation worketh to uh, patience. That's why people say, well, be careful if you, if you pray for patience. Uh, but this is how one of the ways that the Lord uh, gives patience. The trying of your faith leads to patience. Now, actually, uh, in First uh, Peter, the first chapter, what I was thinking, had in mind. First Peter, the first chapter. And uh, 1 Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, Fate is not away, reserved in heaven for you. So we, we read this uh, about this living hope through Jesus Christ, this inheritance that it won't rot, it won't cor corrupt, it won't corrode away, it won't fade away. It says, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Who's the you? Who are kept by the power of God through faith and to salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So in this, what... What joy, what great joy, what a blessing as, as we see this and we understand this and, and we go through this life realizing that Jesus Christ has paid for our redemption. And then in verse 6 it says, In this ye greatly rejoice. And don't we, don't we greatly rejoice in this fact? But it says, In this ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold trials. So if need be, so trials and tribulations that come through ourselves and our loved ones and so forth, says we have these trials and tribulations and, and heaviness through manifold trials. But why? If need be. Yes, we know what's coming, but says if need be. So as we go through this and so forth, and our loved ones go through this, it's because it need be. Who determines the need? Our Lord. So if we have trials and tribulations, it's because God had determined before for it to come to pass. And, as the stone in front of our building says, Romans 8, 28, and it works together for good for those that love God to those that are called according to his purpose. So nothing ever really goes wrong against God's will in perfect. And again, what about Joseph's brethren? They cast him into a pit, sold into slavery, all the things happened down there. But did it not work together for good? And the answer is yes. What about Job? All the things that Job went through and the trials and tribulations. And Job, I just can't imagine. But Job lost, I mean, everything except his wife. Lost all his children lost his wealth, 
Job was a prestigious man. He had uh, people looked up to Job as he would preach and so forth. They looked up to him. And he lost all that. They made mockery, made fun of him. And he lost all of that, even his health. Nothing left. All he had left was his wife, and she was used to even tempt him. But did it work together for good? And the last chapter of the book of Job, he said, he said, I'd heard of thee, but now mine eye seeth thee. So yes, it worked together for good. Again, Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. Well, should that happen in a land called perfect? Let's go, uh, let's go, we haven't looked at that forever, uh, through the second chapter of the book of Jonah. And uh, we'll see, did it work together for good? Book of Jonah, haven't looked at that for a long time. And the second chapter. So Job, uh, Jonah, uh, Jonah was swallowed by the great feast. They'd cast him overboard and so forth. And, uh, you know, this is not just a myth or just a story. He's in there three days and three nights, as the scripture uh, is referred back to that. But three days and three nights. Don't you think that he was trying to escape? Now, I don't know. I don't know how. Was there a pocket of gas or air in there for him to breathe. Apparently there was something the Lord kept him alive somehow. But for three days and three nights, don't you think Jonah tried to escape out of there? And he got to the point to where he kind of gave up on his abilities to escape after three days and three nights. And while in the belly of the great fish... Look at verse 9 of Jonah 2. But I will sacrifice unto thee. Well, how is he going to sacrifice to the Lord in the belly of the great feast? Was he going to get a wood and fire and animal to sacrifice? No, but he was going to sacrifice. So this is after three days and three nights. Job, again, I, I have no doubt that he's trying to find a way to escape out of there. So he came to this point, and he said, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. That was a sacrifice, thanksgiving. And I will pay that that I vowed. And listen to what he says. Salvation is of the Lord. He wasn't going to be saved from the belly of that great fish any other way. Neither were we going to be saved from the lake of fire any other way. But what happened after Job, and no doubt he had tried through his power to be saved from the belly of that great fish. But he was brought to the place to say, hey, if I'm going to be saved, it's going to be of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. What happened next after Job? What's listed next after Job spoke those words? And the Lord spoke unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So, was the fish evil that swallowed Job? Well, we kind of think so. Did it work together for good? Absolutely. 
was that period of trials and temptation, three days and three nights, I, I can't imagine how miserable that would have been. Trials, was it need be? Yes, it was need be. And he, he sacrificed there with a voice of thanksgiving. That was the sacrifice. Remember, we offer the sacrifice of praise, fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So he offered a sacrifice there. And then he said the words, salvation is of the Lord. And I don't care what you're talking about being saved from. The belly of a great feast, being saved from the lake of fire, being saved from false doctrine, being saved from a disease. I don't care what, any saving, salvation is all the Lord. And again, what transpired next, the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Salvation is all the Lord. There's no other way. Jonah, I have no doubt, Jonah tried for three days and three nights, and they realized salvation is of the Lord. We see people trying to work out their salvation, their own salvation of the lake of fire. They, they try different things, you know, praying through and, and, and labor and turning over a new leaf, and they try all this. And our prayer would be that the Lord would convince them that salvation is of the Lord. It's not through this manner. Uh, Paul was cast into jail. Uh, and then we have all the books in the Bible that the Lord had uh, Paul to, uh, uh, to put down, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course. Uh, and then, as far as working together for good, we studied this a few months ago. Gospel of John, chapter 9. We studied this a few minutes ago. And, and as I look, as we look at things, or as I look at things, I think, oh, that's, you know, that's a really evil thing. And, uh, and we would judge that as, as again, as... Uh, his brethren cast him into the pit and everything as far as Joseph. But here in John, the ninth chapter, this is where a man was born blind. This is recorded in the scriptures. John 9 and 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. So this man was, was blind. It was a baby, and he was blind. And we would, we would think, what a, you know, what a terrible thing, wouldn't we? And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So this, was there a purpose? We read Ecclesiastes. Was there a time and a season and a purpose for this one to be born blind, but also for his eyes to be opened? We talked about that recently as well. He took a spittle and made clay and put it in his eyes, and he would see. We, we studied about that. But he said, the, the Lord here said, well, the reason for this, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So, 
yes, we would look at this if a baby was born blind, how, how terrible we would view that. But this one was. And it was the Lord's will that the baby would be born blind. It was the Lord's purpose. And he had a time and a season for this. And his eyes was opened and said that the uh, works of God should be made manifest in him. Did it work together for good? Absolutely did. Now, I don't know how old this man was at this time, but all these years he'd been blind. Don't hear much about that, uh, but all these years he had been, uh, been blind. So this, did it work together for good? And the answer is yes, absolutely. So in perfect, nothing bad really happens. We label it, and I labeled as bad. How terrible would it be for a baby to be born blind? I, as far as Jonah being swallowed by the great fish, I just saw, heard on television that a, uh, the police had to shoot an alligator 13 feet long. It had a man in his mouth. Uh, I don't know if that's equivalent to being swallowed by a great fish or not. But anyway, even that, if that, and I think that man died, but was there not a time and a season for God's purpose, a time to be born and a time to die? And yes, it is. So as we look at these things that happened and, and, and sickness and, and death and, and, and different things that happened, we realize that the Lord is in control. And Paul said, so this Paul again, who was put in prison and, and so many things he went through, Paul said, for I've learned, Whatever state I'm in, in this to be content. I don't think, he said, he said, I've learned. I don't think he started out with that. But these things that happened to Paul, put in prison, stone, all these things that happened to him brought him to a place. He said, for I've learned. Whatever state I'm in, in this to be content. So when things aren't going our way, the way we would like it, the way we'd want them to go, remember, in a land called perfect, it's working together for God's will and purpose. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.